Well, hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. The real gay. Oh, how are you on this oh. Friday? It's Friday, right? Happy Friday. We made it through a week, whatever that means. Hey, everybody, whether you're watching us out there on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, or listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, hello and we thank you. We have a big show today an anti take two, anti vex pastor, embassy flag fracas, an out teen attacked, Ricky Martin remembers a gay Republican, pool bigots bothered, baseball pride, fired for grinder, a pilot penis. Uh-huh. And more. We always run in the penis of the last story. You know, it's just like Johnny Carson back in the day had the best guest on last, so you'll just stay up. That's exactly right, y'all. You know how it goes. We start with the bills and the courts, and we end with the nonsense. So I guess if you're listening back, you could just ba-boop, ba-boop, ba-boop on to the end if you just wanted some amusement. But all of you who are live, and we appreciate you very, very much. You are our special ones, the special ones, the ones we love the most. We like y'all best. Uh, you're our favorites. Don't tell the ones that listen later. Shh. That's right. If you're listening back later, this doesn't apply to you. Now, look, I got to be honest, y'all. I When I made the outline for today, at the top where I put discussion, where we try to tell a cute anecdote, I told Dell, I got nothing. Nothing <laughs> entertaining has happened to me since we saw y'all on Tuesday. Not one. <laughs> not, not one thing. <laughs> not a thing. But like doing stuff and piddling and busy work. So I'm real happy to be here with y'all on this Friday. But how are things over at the hotel? The hotel. The hotel is going well. Going well. I've been up to the the rooftop bar a couple of times. I invited you and Blake. Y'all are going to come stop by. Oh, for a little sunset on the rooftop. Yeah, there's always some, uh, you know, some uh, nice Speedo bodies up there. And, and uh, now yeah. that you're doing an extended stay, have you met any of the neighbors? I have met a few people. Let me tell you something. When you've got three dogs, it uh -huh. really helps to meet people. And my dogs, are they either bark at you or they're friendly. So, um, so that's, you know, that's going well. And, and I, you know, I reactivated my scruff membership and, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you just need to switch a location. Uh, yes. Now I have not acted on anything yet, but I've been engaging in conversation and I've been contemplating, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go back to those AOL, you know, slut days just for a little bit. Cause it's been a pandemic. It's a dry spell. I thought you said you were going to go back to those AOL chat rooms. And I was like, I don't think those are still there. Del Shores. I wonder if they're there. I wonder if there's any chat. Is there anybody watching who still has their AOL screen name and into that old dial up? Well, let me tell you something, you know, and this will, this was a good segue because my, my friend Beverly D'Angelo, she still has an AOL address, which I make fun of her for. And I called her the other day and I was telling her about all the scruff action. And she was just, what? What? Are you kidding me? You, you, no, you are not. You are not having any guests over at your hotel. You are going to get murdered. You're going to get she, she was, murdered. She's like, I was like, you've been watching too many crime shows, honey. Oh, um, yes. But she was going, that's so 60s. And I said, oh, Beverly, no, it's just so gay. I mean, we have never, the gays have never left the 60s. <laughs> I love that in her mind, it's the 60s. Because, like, maybe that's when she knew people doing this. Like, there have been people trying to have random sex since the 60s. That was the end of that. 
Well, she was. She is. She admits that she was a big part of the hippie movement. You know, she uh -huh. loved that. She loved hippie, hippie uh -huh. stuff. Well, I'm glad for you. You know, even just those new notifications are good for the self-esteem. It, it, you know what? It's like you, the first thing I go is, "Why are you interested in me? You're oh, like, no. and you're hot, and uh, you know." Or so anyway, I'm I'm do having not, fun. I'm having some fun with it. Do not devalue yourself. Well, How you do. dare you? Wait till you're 63, Emerson. Just oh, I don't know that, I'll make that far. Let's be honest. <laughs> just hope I'm around to watch you turn 63. <laughs> trying to pose in a speedo. In I'm a not trying. Oh, absolutely. I will. You remember that Sex in the City where Samantha's dating that guy in his 70s, and she's fine with it till she turns around and she sees the sad, wrinkly, hanging, flat ass. Yeah. That's going to be me in three months. And that is not going to stop me. Yeah, it's so funny you brought that up because I, you know, as you know, I've binged Sex in the City over the pandemic. And I, when I got to that episode, I thought, can you imagine when they ask about someone who's willing to be cast in that role? Do you have a saggy ass? We need a saggy ass. I already kind of do anyway. I mean, Jockstraps really is just holding up the extra skin at this point. So, you know, I was watching something talking about chicken leg, like guys who don't work out. And so they say, don't skip, don't skip leg day because they're like big and jacked, but they have tiny calves. Well, my chicken legs, I've decided I don't have chicken legs. I have carpaccio calves. <laughs> thinly sliced. <laughs> it's like, and you, I, it's, I don't give a shit about my legs. I mean, I spin, so my legs are okay, but I just was like, I don't care. I am not, I'm not, oh no, I am not doing any squats. Uh oh, I'm done with squats. Uh uh. Well, before we get on to the actual news, Alan said his sister in law still has her AOA, AOL email, hasn't changed her address in 20 years. So, the chat rooms. I want to know if those chat rooms exist. You know, those. Oh, I love those chat. If rooms. they're still around. Mail oh. for mail now. <laughs> That's right. Uh huh. Mail for mail now. Mine was gay.com, and there was a Central Texas chat room that was very exciting at the time. So you, because you were you you were at a in a in a place that like in Waco, you might have to drive. Yes, not <laughs> my. Yeah. All right, getting to the actual news. I knew it. I knew I should have just moved on. Here we go. In the bills, 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 court cases, and more. Good news. Wisconsin Governor Evers signed an executive order banning all state and federal funds for conversion therapy for minors. Now, to be clear, that's not the same as a law banning it for everyone, but no federal funds. In Utah, their Governor Cox issued what is believed to be that state's very first Pride Month declaration. So, like, Yay, gay Utah, you know, with the Mormons. Took them a while. And yes, then in Florida, always Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis wasn't happy enough last week passing the law, anti-trans law. This week, he vetoed specifically all of the LGBT programs and project from the Florida state budget. That included $150,000 for the LGBT Center of Orlando earmarked for mental health services for pulse survivors. He also killed 750,000 for the Zebra Coalition, which provides services specifically for LGBTQ children and young adults aged 13 to 24. They have a home and they were going to expand from 11 to 35 beds for LGBTQ homeless youth. And he only 
crossed out these, even though they were included in the budget already passed by the legislature, which is controlled by Republicans. So Ron just wanting to be a bigot at every opportunity. You watched him. Oh, I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. He's just such a putz and 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 it's like a Trump wannabe, in my opinion. He, that's exactly what he's doing. It very much feels like he's setting up to run in 2024. Like that he saw that it worked, and now he's just doing everything. The bigots, he's and, and catering to. Remember when he did all the where you know if you're rich, you can get a vaccine. Set yeah. it up where all the rich people could get vaccines early. Yep, I know. We are going to be watching that man so much. It's irritating. Uh, and then one more actually positive. Out of Chile, down in South America, their president, Sebastian Piñera, in his annual address to Congress said, I think the time for equal marriage has come in our country. All people, regardless of their sexual orientation, will be able to live, love, and form a family with all the protection and dignity they need and deserve. That is the Chilean president. They do currently have civil unions, but that's kind of amazing that the president's pushing oh, man. To get the legislature on board. Yes. Um, all right. Well, um, you know, I, I, I want to be clear. I never wish anybody death, but sometimes I wish them grave illness and uh, a reconciliation with their bullshit. And this is the, this is what this story is about. Wick, Rick, Rick, Rick Wiles is a big old bigot. And he's founder of True News. He's also from Florida. He's down there in Florida. When a board member of the LGBT bar in New York died from COVID last year, Rick, uh, Brother Wiles, proclaimed it was God's judgment. With an outbreak at a synagogue in Israel, he said, you are under judgment because you oppose his son, Jesus Christ. That is why you have a plague in your synagogue. Then... Furthermore, I love that word. Furthermore, he said, I am not going to be vaccinated. I'm going to survive this genocide. The only good thing that will come out of this is a lot of stupid people will be killed off. If the vaccine wipes out a lot of stupid people, we will be a better world. Well, now True News has announced Rick Wiles has COVID and he's in the hospital. They sent out this letter. Today, Rick was taken to the emergency room and admitted to the hospital. He is currently on oxygen and is expected to remain there for a number of days. I'm hoping for about 32. Um, says, oh, nine. I want him to say that oh, nine into the next day. <laughs> 32. Oh, nine. Yes. So he's now uh, in their statement, they said already, already the naysayers and the mockers have started with their taunts wonder why, motherfuckers. Uh, let them speak their foolish words and let them mock. It will only serve to be used to fuel their flames of torment in hell unless they repent. These are just assholes, y'all. Just so-called Christian assholes. So Rick is in the hospital, hopefully on a ventilator, fighting for his life. I don't wish him death. I want to be clear. I wish him lots of near-death experience and barely able to survive, I would like him to come out of this and say, I was wrong, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. I got to be honest. You know, it's funny. Usually uh, you, you're you the like blustery and whatever. I 
do not wish him healing. I do not wish him well. At this point, it is one of those, if a bus was going to hit him in the middle of the street, I wouldn't push him in front of it, but I wouldn't tell him it was coming. Yeah, well, good. He, uh, <laughs> he's like, you know, someone's pointing out that he's one of those that said when that hurricane hit Houston, it was our fault. It was the gays' fault. Uh, yes. and, and then someone else said his wife has also got COVID. Uh, and just, also, go ahead. I just could keep going back to our story last week where that boat of bigots <laughs> exploded. Yes. That's like God is not sending hurricanes because of us. He's, he's, he's igniting boats. Or in Correct. our defense. Correct. And like, he specifically said when a member of our community died, that it was God's judgment. So when he dies, I'm assuming it's the same. So, so listen, you know, every now and then when I spew and rant like this and I go to that point where I wish someone illness or so I get, I get some messages saying that this is not, you know, that I, I'm not Christian. No, I'm not. Uh, but also I don't give a fuck. So go ahead, write me, delete. At this point, I do not wish him ill. I do not wish him well. And if God's going to answer somebody's prayers, I hope he gets to everybody else first. I just say well-deserved, Rick. Well-deserved. Hold on. Zana said back up here, and I agree. This should be it. You should make greeting cards, and one of them should say, wishing you a greater reconciliation with your bullshit. Did I just say that off the top of, oh, I like that. You sure did. Thank you sure did. recording my rant. Not four minutes ago. That's a good one. Well, bless his bigoted fucking heart. Moving on. Uh... A bunch of Republicans bought their patties all in a twist and signed on to co-sponsor the only Old Glory Act. It's exactly what it sounds like. The goal is to prevent any other flags from flying over American embassies around the world. Now, the loudest sponsors are, as expected, Matt Gates doing anything he can to get away from that Venmo discussion, and Marjorie Taylor Greene QAnon Queen. She said... The bill will prevent hate American flags from flying over American embassies. She also claimed rogue members of the State Department were flying the flag of the radical Marxist group Black Lives Matter. She also referred very clearly to Secretary of State Blinken's direction earlier this year that pride flags could be flown at embassies all around the world. Now, the only old Glory Act will not pass. They don't even have the majority in the House to actually get it up. But bigot's gonna bigot, and I understand why they're mess, they're why they're so pissed off because a whole bunch of the embassies around the world are taking this opportunity to fly uh, the big rainbow flag in front of the world. Yeah, uh, you can see here the embassy in Namibia is flying it, where they still have anti-sodomy laws on the books locally. In the Bahamas, they're flying it, where same-sex marriage is still expressly prohibited. Bosnia Herzegovina is flying it, and the Vatican is the one in the photo there, and where, well, you know, how they feel about us in general and as a concept. So I also specifically love that embassies where our community is specifically targeted are using it as an opportunity to state how this administration, how our country's return to our ideals of equality should be reflected in the places where they're working. I freaking love it, and I love that they're pissed. I do too. I love it. I just can't. That Matt Gates, oh, he's in more trouble now. He's got obstruction of justice. He's got 
he's going. I hope he just goes to jail for a few years, maybe eight, 18 months would be happy. I'd be happy with 18 months. Just enough. Well, because like, look, I'm a, I'm a, I want to get my flag, put it out because I'm a flagget to the core. Emerson, if Matt Gates goes to jail, would you go visit him with me just for fun? Yeah. Let, let's just go visit. We'll just take a. You know, yeah. a cake or something. A little. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we have a reason to, you know, I wonder if they'd put him in Florida. Maybe he ends up in one of those federal penitentiaries up somewhere on the East Coast where he is, but I don't know where. It depends on the jurisdiction. We'll claim if he could be up in Fort Lauderdale and we could make it a gay old time, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe we could we could say that we are from, um, we're home missionaries from the First Baptist Church and we just wanted to pray with him. Maybe he would accept our uh, invitation. Or we just want to lay the spirit of the Lord over him through that glass. And then I say, listen, you big headed bigot. Um, hey, Kevin said, oh. no, we want him to get at least four years so he cannot vote. Oh, okay. is that what it is? It's what? like, no, no, no. Just that he would miss an election. Oh, I see. I see. I thought it was like, if you get more than four years, you can't vote anymore. I thought no. Because they were fighting all that you can't vote thing. With well, yeah, we've been working so hard to make sure that once you've served your time and you get out, you get to vote again. You paid for that to society. So, all right. Well, now we have a, a, a back to the, the flag. This is a, a sad story. And uh, Tristan Torres is a 14-year-old at uh, Defiance Middle School in Ohio. Last week, he was standing on the bleachers wearing a pride flag. Uh, when he was attacked, a video caught him being grabbed from behind by the flag around his neck and yanked backwards. They started hitting him with it. And then he all of a sudden he's surrounded. He said that he was wearing the flag and because it, it was his way of saying, I'm gay and I'm not hiding it. Uh, he said, I was wearing it to state just because one person is who they are, proud of who they are, doesn't mean others shouldn't be proud of who they are. And his mother, who I watched that video and so lovingly, she said, He's so used to being bullying. It was kind of nothing to him, but to me, it was heartbreaking. And just watching her with him, it was it was uplifting and heartbreaking at the same time because she loved her son so much and she was offering him support. Uh, the school district said that they take incidents like this very seriously and it was dealt with swiftly and with the school administration and local law enforcement. Um, so anyway, that's just a kids should not have to. And I have to say, when I watched the video, I don't know how he was not hurt because he just fell back on his back on those bleachers. Yeah, it was definitely an intense video and like could have really, really put him in danger. And I got to thinking about, you know, like all of that, him literally standing there wearing the pride flag like a cape, you know, like some young super gay hero, like is amazing. And then the matter of factness of him being like, yeah, like of his mom saying, you know, he's used to it. He's dealt with it. It was kind of nothing to him, but he's dealt with so much of that. I'm thinking of, you know, being that age, 13, 14 years old. I can't even fathom what it would have been like to like go to school proclaiming something that loudly and proudly, knowing what could happen and not, and, you know, and being strong enough to say, I don't care. I'm doing this anyway. Right. Right. Sweet little Tristan. Yeah. Well, this really, I, tell you what, I talk about this all the time when I teach acting and writing. We're going to use that. You use that to be a better person for one thing. You also use it in your, your writing, in, in 
sometimes these curses become, become our blessings and telling our stories. And so I, I really admire that he not only went, I mean, that he, he, he went through this and he was so out and proud, but I do admire that he's speaking now at 14 years old. Yeah. And I do like that it sounds like the school dealt with it very quickly and aggressively. You know, there what it doesn't seem like they're fighting with the school at all about the response. So weird progress in finding the silver linings. I like your shirt, by the way, Emerson. I just noticed it's the Thank most you. Those of you listening later won't get to see it. I'll tell you what I did. I don't know if anybody else felt this, but in the pandemic, like now that it's time we're coming to meet you after this, uh, I hate all my clothes. After 16 months of like, you know, all of my like lounging around like casual t-shirts are just threadbare and sad, you know, like those old Hanes with the hole in them that you see like a straight guy wear. And I just decided I needed stretch out. Yes. So I just decided I needed some new shirts, but you know, on a budget. So I went to Target and bought a bunch of new $10 t-shirts. You're very cute. You're always saying. Throw me away. Now, that was, was necessary. I mean, literally, these are like, oh, for bouncing around shirts and like wearing in the house because I'm like embarrassed looking at Blake in my like sad, faded, like dead collar V-neck T-shirt. Thank you. I appreciate that compliment. I love it. I love it. It just makes me want to go run in a field. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's festive. And, you know, for the summertime, but I do better with dark colors near my face till I get a good tan. Yes, look at you spreading it. <laughs> just checking. Now we're now you all are just watching us use the show cameras as mirrors. <laughs> Let me see. What do I have in my tooth there? <laughs> I definitely watch myself fifty percent of the time, even though I'm the one talking to you. Um, all right, but and continuing the coming out theory, one of my favorite things about Pride Month is how many people who reach the point where they are ready to finally share openly that they are a member of our community who take the time during the month uh, to share that news with the people close to them or with the world. And there was a notable one that I loved this week. Um, I am a big fan of the new High School Musical, the musical, the series, that is the TV series airing on Disney Plus right now. Now, the reason I'm watching it is because Blake was a super fan of the High School Musical Disney television movies. Well, Larry Saperstein, is one of the main characters in the cast. Um, he's this adorable redhead, and he just came out as bisexual on TikTok. He put up a video, and the text says on screen, plays a character with a girlfriend on TV, is bi in real life. As the song underneath it is singing, there's one thing you can expect from me, and that's the unexpected. But then he made the caption, is it really that unexpected, though? Which was adorable. Oh. And then Sophie Turner, Sansa Stark of Grey Mathone's life, once again, she put up its motherfucking Pride Month baby and a nice little graphic circling that said, time isn't straight, neither am I, by Pride. Um, and I just love that. I love seeing young people. You know, he has 400,000 TikTok followers because of that show and just casually, hey, it's Pride Month. I'm in season two of my show. By the way, I'm by. Is, is that Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas' wife, who is yes. also... Game of Thrones? Yes. Oh my goodness. That, I, I feel like she said it before. I don't I think that was watching Game of Thrones because my my daughter Rebecca has just beaten me down to watch Game of Thrones. So and now I'm hooked. So 
Oh, I read all those books years and years and years before the TV series because, you know, I love a fantasy novel about some nonsense. You used to um, read all the time. When I first met you, you were like a little bookworm. You had, and I was like, God, Emerson chooses really thick books. <laughs> this like, is the way I used to choose books. I would go to the sci-fi fantasy section and look, is there more than one in the series? Yes. And are they super thick? I'm in. Is it about some made-up religion, some made-up magical system, some world that doesn't exist? I am in. I, fantasy, like it's my, I, none of my friends. I'm like on an island by myself. It's my favorite. You give me like magic, superpowers, nonsense, and invented religion and world, I am in. This week, one of my friends said, I want you to read my friend's novel. It's really good. And I said, how long is it? Oh. And she said, 780 pages. I said, oh, no. I'm uh, not reading that. No, no, no. And then in continuing to celebrate pride, this Irish woman, she's enough of a bigot that uh, they banned her from Twitter. But she was doing a live stream. I'm going to show you all the video. It's real quick. Ten seconds. What she said. Gemma. Uh, uh-huh. Here's Gemma O'Doherty saying, I don't see anyone or know anyone who is gay who is happy. I just don't. It's a miserable lifestyle. It's, it's a promiscuous lifestyle. It's a dark lifestyle. Oh, y'all, it is dark, miserable, and promiscuous. I mean, I that is so many things. First of all, I think if you're promiscuous, you're probably not going to be miserable. She must not be doing it right. But what I loved was somebody posted the video. And then one, uh, an out member of the cast of Emmerdale, that's a big soap in the UK, uh, posted a response to it and people jumped on board from everywhere. Michelle Hardwick said, yep, this picture radiates misery. And there was just a floodgate of responses. There's Michelle with her wife and kid. Here's these two happy and gay. These two women, very happy, thanks for asking, together for 14 years. These old sweet men together 35 years, and it just went on and on and on. And it became this wonderful thread of joyful queer love. So sorry about your bigotry. We're having a grand old time being dark and promiscuous and happy. <laughs> you said these old guys and it's like my age are younger. <laughs> they are definitely not younger than you. I think they are. But you know, it was it's so interesting because Jimma just looked miserable to me. And I was like, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like Caitlyn Jenner saying that Gavin Newsom's not in touch with the real people as she sits on a hangar with her plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, it seems like a lot of projection. John said Jimma sounds like she's advertising a mystery movie. I know the problem is she was advertising one that I sure wanted to watch. Dark, yeah. promiscuous, and sad. Fuck you. Right. Um, one of our heroes is, uh, you know, speaking of coming out, Ricky Martin did an interview talking about how he was so uncomfortable with the Barbara Walters uh, interview he did in 2000 about his sexuality. And I, I think a lot of us remember this where she, uh, he skirted answering her by saying, I think that sexuality is something that each, each individual should deal with in their own way. And that's all I have to say about that. And Barbara kept pushing and she said, well, you know, you could stop these rumors. You could say, as many artists have, yes, I'm gay. Or you could say, no, I'm not. Or you could just leave it as you are ambiguous. She paused. He didn't answer. And then she continued to hit him. She said, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and it's in your power to do it. And I'm bringing it up 
with you, Ricky, because you know that this is being said and you're even being named. He said, I understand perfectly. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to express the rumors. But for some reason, I just don't feel like it. So in a new interview with people, Ricky said, there's a little bit of PTSD about that situation because I felt trapped, a bit trapped. I even felt violated because I was just not ready to come out. A lot of people say, what would you do, what would you do differently? Well, maybe I would have come out in that interview. It would have been great. It would it would have been great because when I came out, it did feel amazing. But the day I was that day I was afraid, I was not ready. And then he said, and I just love this quote. He said, You can't force someone to come out. But if you have but if you have you have an egg and you open it from the outside, only death comes out. But if the egg opens from the inside, life comes out. So I think his lesson here is it's not up to anybody to force somebody out. That's their decision in their time. And when they do come out and they're ready, then beautiful life happens. I love the nonsense, delirious, delightful of like the egg analogy because it's exactly right. And it's also so random. I mean, this man there, he can do no wrong for me. No, me neither. And I remember that. I remember watching that in interview as a very closeted uh, Baylor student. And, I, you know, as I went on a deep dive so I could watch the whole interview again before we talked about it. And then I also found where Barbara talked in 2006 about wishing she had done it differently. And then she did a round of clips on another show later talking about some of the biggest mistakes she made as an interviewer through her career. And she's talked about it. And I really love that, too, that she's publicly acknowledged. I should not have pushed, you know, where we were in the time. They were asking lots of people. And uh, so I sort of appreciate that from both sides, that they can both look back and think, you know, he's like, maybe I could have, but I was afraid. And she's like, I shouldn't have done that that way. And I just like seeing the growth of oh, our yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you for telling us that. I, I like it when people say I was wrong about that. Yeah. Um, and also, but, and you watch it. And now, at, at, as a kid watching, I was like, just thinking, oh my gosh, he's so handsome. And maybe he he's going to say this. And now as an adult watching it, all I can see is his mind spinning. Like, what do I do with this? What, a, what is this moment? And so um, I love that for him. And they've got those kids and he's living his very best life. He is indeed, and he is truly one of the most beautiful oh. men that I believe that uh, has graced our planet ever. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. All right, well, we have reached the halfway house of our show. If you enjoy what we do here and you are sitting on a pile of money and want to share a little bit with us, as always, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Uh, it's in the ticker below, and I am, as I am saying it, typing it into the chat room. We appreciate those of you who can contribute financially. Thank you to Bob, who already did today. To those of you who can't, the best thing you could do for us is share this broadcast while it's happening or when it's done. If you are listening to the podcast, promote, tell people that they should subscribe. We are sitting a dead even on our podcast listeners and it'd be nice if that could climb a little bit and you sure could help yeah. us. people about us tell about us um, tell and, and, you know and last last uh last week um jigs gave us uh, 999 and emerson 999 i got the internet and emerson got that shirt 
Yeah, uh-huh, that's exactly right. Making our purchases. Um, all right. Guess, I, as you can see, I am much better with the internet here at the hotel. I went down and the very lovely lady uh, who was behind the desk, she said, here's a secret code you can have. And you look beautiful. Up next, over in Massachusetts, a story about a gay Republican that I found interesting. Jeffrey Sosa Paquette. He's married to Julian that you see there, proud dad of two kids. Well, he is busy being a gay Republican representative in Massachusetts, you know, representation of all kinds. And Deborah Martell is a Republican on the Republican State Committee. And she sent an email to all of the other members of the Republican Party of Massachusetts saying about Jeffrey, I heard he was a married, she put it in quotes, homosexual man who adopted children. I was sickened to hear this. Well, Sosa Paquette says what she was seeking was to find anybody using her words, God willing, that will primary him. Both Republicans, she's trying to get him out. So he emailed Deborah to confront her and said, I'm a Catholic who loves God and his Ten Commandments. Sure. I wish the best for every person in the world, including you. Oh, no, this is what she said back. Apologies. What sickened me was that you adopted children. Children deserve a mom and a dad. That's how God designed marriage and the family. She straight up just wrote that to him. So Jeffrey reached out to the Massachusetts GOP chairman, Jim Lyons, who said in response he wasn't going to get involved in intra-party politics. Now, this is the head of the Republicans of Massachusetts talking about two Republicans in Massachusetts fighting in emails about bigots and whatnot. And he said, I just can't be bothered to get involved. Other members of the committee reached out to him in support. The Republican governor, Charlie Baker, said the comments were abhorrent and that her views have no place in the public discourse. So some Republicans supporting him. Sosa Paquette is calling for her resignation, saying he faced bigotry throughout his life because of his sexuality, and he will not put up with it in the Republican Party. Well, I wonder why you're in that party. That's the way I feel. If you're not, if you, I mean, it's a party, uh, there's a party of lots of bigotry, and that has been a apparent and visible from the very beginning. So, yeah, but to me, it's kind of like the people in the church changing from the inside. You know, it's like, look at, there you are, one of the people in the party saying, I agree with these other things, and I will not be treated this way here. Maybe it's contributing to change because he got a bunch of Republicans to agree with him on it. Well, I hope it is, but I don't know how you can expect and be surprised at certain people in the Republican Party saying things like she said when you know what the Republican Party has stood for and what is in their platform. That's my point. Right. And mine is that you can change that you can change those. Working on, you know, we applaud the uh, the churches when they do a little better. Yes. But it's interesting that the Republican governor supported him, but the head of the party did not, which speaks to your point that the platform that that party chair is responsible for doesn't seem to be so bothered. Well, I mean, let's let's look at Ron DeSantis, what he did last last week. I mean, he went after the gay community. Slam, Absolutely. slam, slam, bam, bam, bam. Yep. And Victor, right. said, Victor said, I'm with Dell on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. Uh, I love you, Victor. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm, I'm with Emerson too. Come on, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I have some issues. All right, um, uh, y'all, I want to, I want to address something. I got a, a, a beautiful, uh, not a beautiful. I mean, it was a message of, of, of angst. It was a, a, a private message, and I, I asked Kitty 
who is in our chat room right now, uh, permission to read it. And I just wanted to to talk to to Emerson, you and and see some thoughts about this. So Kitty wrote me, and this is uh, said. So I have been unemployed since last August. I've been applying to so many places, and I have uh, interviewed and and feel like I'm getting discriminated against because I'm trans. For example, I applied at American Furniture Warehouse for a sales position. I was there recently before that, chatting with a friend, and I saw a salesperson who must have been at least a 65-year-old man, a young 20-year-old woman, and my friend who's in her 50s. Well, even though I did a pretty good job at the interview, I still didn't get the job. My friend who is gay and is in his late 40s uh, has applied at a restaurant in downtown Denver. He also did not get because the majority of the people there are in their 20s. So there's like, she's pointing out there's some age discrimination there. Uh, our friend who is uh, tall, uh, a black woman, a tall black woman has been having a hard time getting a job as well. My point is on the news, the news acres keep bringing up the subject that those there are those on unemployment who do not want to work. Now, this is the, such a valid point because we're getting paid too well. Well, let me tell you, I need to work. To finish my surgeries for my transformation, I also need to remodel my finish remodeling my home. I just am not getting hired, and I only approved for one year of unemployment, and my funds won't make it through the year. But I hate the assumption that we don't want to work because the money is great. So I think what you know in, in my discussion with Kitty back and forth, I, I, I see her point is that sometimes there can be discrimination and you can perceive discrimination but it can be but, but the excuse is it's something else oh no you didn't have enough qualifications this 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 fill in the blank but the real reason is and if you're feeling it sometimes i think your gut is right so i just wanted to read that and and, and what you know hear what you have to say and to kitty and kitty you know to her larger point and she's here um Particularly that thing where some of the states with the lowest income rates have had governors saying they are rejecting the additional $300 pandemic unemployment assistance that's supposed to run through September. So they are punishing people in their states who can't find work, uh, who need that money uh, to survive. Because they, what it is, is it's too many people that have lived too long at upper middle class or above uh, wages and lifestyle who somehow think, I believe the highest regular unemployment in the entire country is somewhere between $450 and $500 a week. That's $2,000 a month at the very max. And most states are far significantly lower than that. And you factor in rent, insurance, health insurance, standard bills before you even get to food. Nobody anywhere is living the high life on unemployment. This no. Of the welfare queen that was invented in the 80s that's primarily racist in the first place the first examples is an imaginary concept that like rich republicans who don't want to help their neighbors even though that's one of the first thing the bible says to do um who think that people are just kicked back you know drinking and smoking on the porch living the high life off between a thousand and two thousand dollars a month and it's not real and now they are punishing people because of this invented idea that people are not going back to work. So I don't know a solution for you, Kitty. I just know that you have my empathy and I hope that you find that employer who sees you 
for for the qualifications that you have, for the beauty that you have, and can uh, say, yes, I want you to represent our company. Absolutely. And with the like, did this invented idea of the labor shortage, you know, nobody's willing to go to work because they're getting too much on unemployment. If you are paying so little, if your hourly wage is so low that people getting 400 to $700 a week to quote, do nothing would not make more coming to work for you. You're not paying people enough. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you can't find anybody to work your drive through for a minimum wage that is below the poverty line, basically. Bump it up. Bump it up. You want people to work? Pay them more. Yeah. Thank you, Kitty, for sharing that and for being vulnerable enough uh, to let us share it and talk about it on the show uh, because it affects a lot of people, you know. Huge, um, huge. And, you know, the unemployment uh, uh Today we we got good news with unemployment. It's it's gone uh, gone down to record low uh, since the pandemic. So there is some progress happening with the Biden administration. And um and I, I again, Kitty, I just wish you all the best. And and I'm gonna just you know I don't pray, but I'm gonna get all of us all of us right now. Just send Kitty like amazing uh, good thoughts uh, for this next week. And we one day I hope that we can put up. I got a good job. Yes. All right. Real quick through this next one. On Monday, a brief was filed in the U.S. District Court by U.S. Pastors Council, Bear Creek Bible Church, and Braidwood Management because they want an exemption from the Bostock decision, the one banning anti-LGBTQ employment discrimination, saying it violates their religious freedom. They want to take advantage of what sort of exists as the ministerial exemption, like Catholics, Catholics not being forced to hire women priests because that doesn't help Christian nonprofits or Christian businesses or shield churches or religious schools that require non-ministerial employees like secretaries or janitors to refrain from homosexual or transgender behavior. You know, all that behavior of being transgender. Anyway, so it argues that Title VII should be interpreted to allow this discrimination against homosexual or transgender conduct as long as the employer sets rules that apply it equally to both sexes. They all, they give examples. They could make rules that say no worker, male or female, could enter a gay bar or gay bathhouse. They think as long as we apply that evenly to all genders, it's not discriminatory. Or engage in the sexual practices associated with homosexuality. And then somebody over there knows a little too much because they very specifically had mentioned use grinder or other dating apps used primarily by homosexuals or seek or obtain hormone therapy or genital surgery unless it's for a condition other than gender dysphoria. So they used a bunch of examples of discrimination to say, but if we applied it to everyone, it's not discrimination and we can do what we want. And they want it to be a class action so it would apply for everybody. So bigot's gonna bigot, this process continues. See what I'm doing? I'm reaching, I'm reaching. They're just reaching, reaching. But like somebody over there knew a lot about Grinder. I know they had said, "Oh, you know what? I heard about this Grinder. I'm just gonna uh -huh. go check it out, and then we can." Seems like they might be the type to be toe tap dancing in a bathroom. I'm just Could saying. be. Could be. All right. Well, um, uh, <laughs> this is this made me happy when I was watching this. I knew it would. Video from the Black Bait. Uh, area Instagram shows the moment uh, a, a group of women. I, it should be a, a group of 
Karens were escorted out of the pool area by security. The caption explained that a pack, <laughs> a pack of straight women demanded that a queer black woman uh, stop kissing her girlfriend in the pool because there were children present. They added, of course, there were many other straight and white couples in the pool with plenty of PDA, but they only, only insisted that that one black queer woman stop. So uh -huh. when the video starts, you can hear shame, shame, shame. And y'all, they are relentless. They do not let up. They just Wait, Have you gotten to the Game of Thrones shame, shame, shame scene yet? No, I have not. Is that from, what? it's from? It's not, but when you get there, you will go, oh, that's this, okay. So anyway, they just keep on. I mean, they say shame, shame, shame. There's a chant going the whole time. These women are just spewing shit like this. They said, calling people racist because we're, they're white. How is that shame? Fuck off. Now, then she flips them off. There she is. There she is. Now, here, now listen, do not forget this. They are upset because children are present seeing a woman kiss a woman, specifically a black woman kissing her girlfriend. Yet they are screaming profanities. One named Deb, it's written on her Starbucks cup. She stops and asks, do you guys have children? When they say no, she says, good, because you'd be a terrible fucking dad. Literally, there are children like three feet away. That yep. you, as she's spewing this, then she gets really fake offended and says, I have never met anyone like you guys. I'm a Jewish woman from New Jersey. You are a disgusting piece of shit, children right there. Uh, one of them calls her suburban and she yells, I live in Oakland, you piece of shit. Uh, then right in front of the kids <laughs> that are at the end of the pool, right at the end, as she passes these kids, she goes, you're a loser and a fucking loser of the world. And scene. Oh my God. It is so fantastic. And, they're, and now keep in mind, shame, shame, shame is going through all of their rants. Yes. Now here's a couple of those moments just so y'all can see. And my favorite part is when she says you're a loser, a fucking loser of the world. She's doing that thing where your brain, like your mouth is moving faster than your brain. And she just could not figure out where to end it. Standing three feet from a child. Okay. Here is <laughs> white ladies at the pool. Defending the children, screaming profanity right in front of the children. But you don't just trying to get her out. Just stop. Just stop. You know, you know, in that home, he, she's just awful to him. And he's going, oh, I got to get her out of here. When she gets off. Ooh. I know. And the one I felt for was that one, the security guard who's just walking in front of him. Like, come on, come on. Like, not close. Like, you got to go. You got to go. Oh, bless their stupid hearts. All right, I'm curious, y'all. Now look, I try to cover all topics for everybody. And I gotta tell you, Major League Baseball is doing pride up for real, for serious, 
this year. Outsports put out an incredible list of baseball pride nights. And y'all, it's not just like, hey, gays, come on this night. They're donating portions of tickets to organizations. They have special merch. I'm going to read you out some of the teams. And if you can go and see your city. This week in the Colorado Rockies, they a portion of proceeds from the tickets to One Colorado. Next weekend, big Pride weekend, Boston Red Sox. You get a pregame party and the Boston LGBT group sing in the anthem. The Cincinnati Reds, the LA Dodgers are doing a big ass Pride night with you get a rainbow Dodgers t-shirt with the words we're back. LA drink specials, recognition of LGBTQ frontline workers, pregame and fireworks. I had the craziest thought today that I might even go. Oh. What is I have never been to a Dodgers game. I've never been to the stadium. Y'all, I've been trying to do like new things in public and you can buy tickets in little vaccinated pods uh, or you can buy a vaccinated section where you have to show your vaccine card in the seat. I don't know that I will, but I thought about it. Well, you know what? No, all you have to do is call Rebecca Shores who knows everything about the Dodgers and she will take you in and she'll show you where to sit and she will call the game for you. Does she have season tickets? No, she doesn't. But if y'all want to go, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for her part. <laughs> oh no, I love her, but this is the gay boys nut out. Oh, I see. All anyway, right. She, you know, if we were to go. Uh, oh, and then others, the Arizona Diamondbacks, you get a pride cap, Oakland A's, you get 25% cheaper tickets and a rainbow rally towel. San Francisco Giants are doing theirs with San Francisco Pride. Tampa Bay giving out fanny packs. Milwaukee Brewers, you get a Pride logo hat. Later this month, the Braves, you do a pregame party and a Pride cooler bag. Cleveland, they have two different ticket packages with a flag with that old name they're getting rid of on it. And then a cap featuring the rainbow or trans flag. The Royals, you get a rainbow tank top. The New York Mets, you get a double header, two games for the price of one. In July, the Minnesota Twins have three different rainbow team jerseys with preferred pronouns on the sleeve. I mean, that is fancy. The Chicago Cubs doing a 20th anniversary of out at Wrigley, Pittsburgh Pirates and Washington Nationals in August. You know, I don't even like sports that much. And I was impressed with how many teams are doing something. They've got merch for you. They're donating to our organizations. Sports ball is coming along. I know. I really love this. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so not sports oriented. I think I've been to one Dodger game and I've lived out here forever. But I just thought this was so great. And and it, first of all, they they know now there's there's money. The gays have money. So, yeah. you know, cater to us and, yes. and we will come. Welcome. And I like the ones most where they're donating it to one of our organizations. But look too. at that. Kansas City tank top with rainbows. That's the Brewers fanny pack. I mean, y'all, there's merch. But yeah, make sure that it's a donation to, to an organization, not just, you know, taking our dollars. I know. And I, and I felt badly because I know you're, you're a big philosopher of this, but I had to buy that Lego for my friend Danielle. It's her birthday coming up and she's a big old Lego uh, person. And But I, I don't think they're giving any money to any. But also, you know, there's interesting things that a, a gay man in their organization designed it. You know, it's like speaking to their employees. There's lots of rooms for okay. successful approaches. Whew, thanks for letting me off the hook. Oh, as wait, and as Victor said, oh, I like the double header. I assume you mean game and not dildo, maybe both. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's for you and a friend. All they needed, I was thinking, Emerson, they needed a, a, a Speedo. They needed a Speedo as one of the Something things. Good. But 
now I want somebody to do a double header, double dildo merch. Yeah, that like, will come see two games and get a dildo for you and a friend. Pride. I don't think we're there yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fresh Carnival is a restaurant in, uh, Sas uh, say that word, please, for me. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan that sells carnival-themed uh, food, hot dogs, hamburgers. Uh, what? P Putin? Poutine. It's poutine. Canada. How'd you spend all that time in Canada and you don't know what poutine is? I don't, I don't remember poutine. It's that weird like gravy and cr cheese curds and... Oh, ew. I do remember it. I didn't want it. Uh, anyway, and they also have funnel cakes and booze. Uh, they put out a pride-themed featured shake that is white chocolate with a mini white chocolate sugar cookie. And then they got trolled by someone by saying, stop supporting the freaks. You lost my family's business since you are freak lovers. And they answered back, and I love them for this. We support all people being comfortable and loved exactly as who they are. If it means losing your business, we're okay with that. Have a great night. Then they shared the screen caps that said, uh, this is why there is a Pride Month. We will continue to support the LGBTQ2S plus community. And we won't mind if those who don't take their bigotry elsewhere. Uh, that's a good t-shirt. Take your bigotry elsewhere. Uh, uh -huh. The community supported them. And one man wrote, I am about as plain Jane as it comes. I'm a straight Caucasian guy from farming roots. Love is love. And I will be checking out the location for the first time. Keep up the great work and supporting equality and kindness in your world. There you go. I love that so much. That straight Caucasian guy from the farm who said, just so you know, I'm as plain Jane and I'm glad about what you're doing. I loved it. Love this story. You, know, you saying that bigotry made me think, you know what I want to do this year for Christmas? What? I'm going to get like a little tiny three foot tree and I'm going to make little ornaments out of like Matt Gates' face and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Ted Cruz and decorate it with it and call it my bigot tree. It's fantastic. <laughs> I have too much free time, y'all. I'm so easily entertained. I appreciate that some of y'all are too. Wait. Rob just did a commercial for Caroline Shores. He said, Caroline Shores is having a drawing on her Etsy store for gay pride. You can win dog bandanas. One is the gay pride flag. I hopefully figured out how you enter it because I want to win. So y'all go check out Caroline's Etsy store. Xana said, can y'all post her Etsy store next week? We I don't know what her Etsy store. We well, won't have shows next week. I will not doing shows next week. Uh, it's Caroline's Joy. Just look on Etsy for Caroline's Joy. And because uh, uh, I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram because she's sending me bandanas. So y'all follow me, follow me on Instagram if you're not already. And I'll post all the information for her Etsy store because yeah, she has a, uh, she sent Bitsy May and Gracie and um, her, and what's that other one? Sissy. <laughs> what's that other? Found it. I put it in the chat. Y'all go check out Caroline's Joy on Etsy. Oh, thank you, Emerson. You're a good you uncle. welcome. Gunkle. Gunkle Emerson. Okay. Now this next story that we said, Pilot Penis. I saved it for the end. Just so y'all know, I do work hard on this show, and I get stories, and I save them, and I rearrange them so that the mood stays varied through the show. Like earlier, we did pride flags into flagpoles, into the boy with the flag, into the coming out. I think about this shit. So I've been sitting on the story for two months because I didn't understand the beginning of it. Back in April, a now former Southwest Airlines pilot had been charged with committing a lewd, indecent act mid-flight 
on a flight from Philly to Orlando last August. Now, the court filing said he intentionally committed an act of lewd, indecent, and obscene exposure of his genitals in a public place, presumably on that airplane, and that the acts began, continued, and were completed while the aircraft was in flight. It did not say what happened, only that he exposed his genitals during the flight. And so I was going to do the story at some point and say, what do y'all think happened? And we could all figure it out together. Well, the mystery has been solved. This week, this 60-year-old pilot was sentenced to probation in a $5,000 fine, and we got most of the rest of the story. During the hearing, this pilot said, it started as a consensual prank between me and the other pilot. I never imagined it would turn into this in a thousand years. Now, consensual prank between me and this other pilot. This other pilot being a woman he had never met before or flown with before. When the plane reached cruising altitude, he got out of the pilot's seat and disrobed and began watching porn on a laptop in the cockpit. This pilot is just standing naked, cock in hand, watching porn on his laptop, and this was supposed to be a consensual prank. The prosecutor said as the plane continued its flight, he further engaged in inappropriate conduct in the con cockpit as the first officer continued to perform her duties as an assigned crew member. He had never met her before this flight, I would like to point out again. Now, this pilot accepted responsibility, he made no excuses, and his lawyer asked for leniency given his lifetime of hard work and kindness. I don't know that I would have gone with the phrase hard work given the circumstances, but y'all- and I think I would have limited my usage of cockpit. I'm just saying, like, that is enough. Uh, and I just need to know, like, this is more info, but I still have questions. What did you think was consensual about you getting out of your chair, disrobing, putting on porn on your laptop, and watching it, and then things happened, so to speak? It's a lot. It's very audacious. Like, I, like, what was happening in his mind? I can't imagine. I just can't imagine saying, you know, I'm just going to jack off. Will you just, uh, you and know, then, over? And then, like, drum cymbals, like, where's the punchline, sir, if this is a joke? He put the yeah. cock in the cockpit. He put the cock in his hand. He put the cock out of his pants. Not sir. I don't know what kind of joke, but like, I don't know how well and how long you would have had to know somebody to think that getting back there and taking off your clothes was going to just be hysterical. Uh, I have a little question though. Uh, who, uh, she, if she was consensual, she had to tell on him. Yeah. So she, she, she wasn't complicit here. No, definitely. Like it is clear that this was somehow a one-sided misreading sexual harassment uh, of this female co-pilot. Victor said, well, who the hell was flying that plane? Now, y'all know once it gets up in the air, they put it on that autopilot and they don't do anything else till it's time to land for the most part. But like the, the pilots do the takeoff and the landing. And then, you know, you point it in the direction and you put, remember those old, the club that you put across the steering wheel? I think you just put that on the airplane and then it does the rest till it's time to, for descent, right? It's called autopilot. Yeah. Oh, Rob had a good point. Maybe there were cameras in the cockpit. Yeah. But if there was cameras in the cockpit, he should know that. Anyway. He did not think this through. That's assault. That's harassment. Don't get your dick out unless you're really 100% certain the other person wants to see it. And if there is anything 0.00001% chance that they do not ask first, whether it's your phone, your DMs, your airport cockpit, wherever, 
they better be like nodding, going, yeah, show it to me before you do. And did he get fired? It doesn't say. Yes. Oh, Southwest fired him. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fired him. They, they stopped his benefits. Oh. Well, you know, that's the cock out in the cockpit story. Pilot penis, you're welcome. Does everybody, well, I'm going to see you in a little bit. Does everybody have nice yeah, weekend plans? And, and someone is concerned that we're not having shows next week. Look, guys, it's my fault. Um, I'm going to Texas. I'm actually getting on an airplane. I'm flying to Texas and I'm directing some uh, real shoots for my students there. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to to go and do something and to actual, actually work. So, uh, and y'all, yeah, we'll be back that next week, but June and July are gonna be a little spotty uh, because we're both traveling and doing things. We love doing this, you know, getting up to doing two full hours of two entire shows a week. In the pandemic, we've now done 115. We're incredibly grateful, but we, you will see, we will post on our social media and our constant contacts the day before the new shows. So you'll know when there is and isn't a show happening. And always, if you enjoy what we do here, you can send us a tip. We're real grateful because it's a lot of work. On Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. It's in the chat. And for those of you listening back later, it's spelled just like you think it does. Thank you to Ray Jarvis who just sent us a tip. Does everybody Thank have you, weekend plans? Weekend plans. I'm uh, yeah. You know what I'm gonna do because of you. I'm taking Rebecca to see Cruella. Tomorrow. <gasps> Yay! I love that. After I teach class, I'm gonna and I'm having and Rebecca and I are having uh, lunch with my friend Beverly. So we we it's I got some I got some social things going. Yeah. Yes. How about you? Yeah, we're coming to see you tomorrow. Well, we're doing yeah. picking up sushi for Blake's dad's birthday on Sunday. We're having a little Baylor theater in Los Angeles rooftop reunion. I'm trying, we're being active out in the world. You're having movie night with some friends and friends of, I, of yours and mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome, good. So awesome. however you spend your weekend, y'all have fun. Take care of yourselves, be kind to each other, treat yourselves. And I'll we'll be great this week. I love you guys and I love you, Emerson. I love you too. Hey, and while we're gone, you can go back and listen to your favorite nonsense episode you know, from the pandemic. How about that? Bye. Bye.